Young and Drunk Podcast. Yeah, rate, subscribe. I'm going to type. I'm probably going to do some other stuff just to annoy somebody. <laughs> I don't really care at this point. I care that we give valuable information and we give insight into the team. And yeah, man, our opinions are in this thing. And I shout. Sometimes Brandon shouts back, mostly about the Broncos. Brandon, how yeah. you doing? Well, I'm, I'm good now that Flacco's gone. Is he gone or is he weeks. just injured? He's out for four to six weeks, baby. Yeah, but you got to start Brandon Allen this week. I, you know what? I'm, I'm against I'm Baker's in the, Browns. Uh, tanking, I'm tanking right now. I don't really care. Tanky for what? It doesn't matter. We're we're losing. Just go get a good draft pick. I'm sorry. Like, did you do who. that already? Wasn't it who. like three years ago that you got Bradley Chubb at number five? Yes, but that's because we traded up for that. And then you traded Emmanuel Sanders to the Niners. Don't watch, don't start the podcast on this, dude. I had to watch that last night. I had to watch Emmanuel Sanders catching passes. I watched Baylor and West Virginia, and kudos to you, sir. You got both your picks covered. Friggin' Appalachian State made me look stupid. And uh, how about yeah, West that, Virginia's defense? How about West Virginia's defense? They sacked, they sacked Charlie Brewer eight times. Or seven times. They sacked him seven times. They got eight sacks. My God, he held on to the ball the whole damn time. It's because coverage was that good. Oh, coverage I don't know. That, I mean, man. he was 20 of 26, dude. So he was throwing it when they were open. I think he's very indecisive. And I think that that's going to play into OU's favor when they wow. play. Wow. Really? How many? Yes. How much Baylor have you watched? I've watched a lot of them. I watch them almost every week or and or, and or some portion of their um, – their games. Here's my deal with him, is that I think sometimes he tries to make this big play with his feet, and instead of and they were harping on it all last night during the telecast, he has issues throwing the ball away, and he takes sacks when unneeded sacks a lot. Dude, I will a lot. I will bet you the Chick Fil A sandwich that he throws for 300 yards on Oklahoma. So you don't want to take my bet that Baylor's going to pass for 300 yards on. You know, Oklahoma. No, no, Skylar Thompson can do it. Why can't um, he didn't the, pass for three hundred? Uh, he passed for two thirteen. Uh, he almost did. No, he passed for two thirteen. That's not almost. Well, that's more than any. I, when's the last time a K State quarterback has passed for that much on Oklahoma? Uh, we could go Josh Freeman. We could go L. Roberson. How far okay, back? Okay, well, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> you're you're diving back into two thousand. Well, you asked. Two thousand. You you asked. Okay, and, well, that's almost a decade ago. But Baylor's gonna right. Baylor routine like he's thrown for three hundred yards. Is what I'm saying, right? So like, yeah, no, he has, he is. But they haven't thrown a fourth quarter touchdown pass all year. No, they suck in the fourth. They suck in the fourth quarter. That's gonna hurt them bad against Oklahoma. You, that's the one thing Oklahoma is good at. Is yeah, but it, but the, if they skunk them <laughs> in the third quarter, then what? That's a good point. Golly, that's Lincoln Riley point. in third quarters, man. Yeah, Lincoln Riley's good. First, second, and fourth quarter. The uh, third quarter is his kryptonite. My, which is God. used to be the exact opposite, didn't it? No, no, because like since Georgia. Since Georgia, I just look at third quarters and I say, okay, you're going to win the game here, you're going to lose the game here. So they separate in the third quarter or somebody closes on them in the third quarter. It's the swing quarter for OU football. Like every other quarter we've watched, they, they put the clamps on defensively or they turn it up offensively or some variation of the two. Because in games that they close, like West Virginia, they look great. Games that they don't against Kansas State where you, you literally – 
you you give up three, you go three and out, you give up seven, then you fumble the kickoff return, you give up seven more. And now you're down 17 where you were just down one. I mean, or down 18 while you were down one. So I'm like, I don't know what there is to fix either. That's the other part about this that is frustrating because it's not as if Grinch needs to wholesalely change his defense. And I'm not saying that that's what needs to happen. I am saying that the way that they were picked apart is wildly uh, uh, nervous, nerve-wracking to, to, to you if you're an OU fan because it's like, you ran a fake pull power, and that joint worked. You know, you were running yeah. stuff that you knew you could get, not stuff that, you know, it's like we're not running fullback lead. We're not just running power to one side. We're not even just running RPOs. We're running this play against this defense because we know we can destroy this look on this play. And I'm going, oh, God. You know, and that and either one way, either you could say Courtney Messingham and Chris Kleiman are some wizards, which, cool, I'll, I'll go with that. North Dakota State, three Nash championships, right? Or Grinch's defense is that simple to pick apart. So which is it? I mean, could it be both? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. No, I don't. I'll listen to that. Work that out. Well, I mean, so I think I think their game plan was unbelievable to start. I do. I think what they did schematically to trick and stop Oklahoma's speed was fantastic. And you got you can't you can't not um, bou and call yourself speed D and not play the way they do aggressively and all of that. So in turn, you're going to come across teams that use that against you. Now, how do you go about, about combating that is another thing. And as far as picking uh, their the defensive part, as far as Alex Grinch goes, he calls it – they, everybody said how sim, simplistic it was for the secondary. They they man you up. Now, obviously, they throw some, some nice uh, – disguise blitzes in there every now and then but they man you up and just say we're gonna out athlete you and that's what they do now it's man on man and i got a report coming later on tonight uh early tomorrow morning about i talked to some people and basically what i was told is the defense prepared for everything even the fake counter guard lead lead run play that they ran um, they, they prepared for that. They had seen it before and it was just, they were getting beat man on man. And that was a problem until the fourth quarter. And that's when they, the first and the fourth quarter, they showed up the second and third, they, they took a nap and they were beat man on man the whole time. I was told that they were prepared for everything. And it was like, they had a mental lapse for two quarters and it cost them the ball game. Ah, I think uh, you hit on a couple things that I kind of want to unpack there. First one was your point about them being prepared for everything that they saw. If they were prepared for everything they saw, they forgot it. Because on that play, I mean, because I, I think I was actually the first person to pull that play and post it to, to any form of social media, and then it blew up. Because I saw it, and I go, oh, God. Because you saw, yeah, Deshaun no, White, unbelievable. you saw Deshaun White and Kenneth Murray both flow to the fullback. To fill, right? And they're, you know, the guard, if you saw that play before, so you, the, we, the will stays home. And instead, you had the outside linebacker, the jack, get pushed out of the play by the fake pulling guard. Now, if you saw it and you know what to do, 
then you know what you're seeing and you make adjustments. The other thing is they were aggressive. They just used their rules against them, which is the mark of really good offense because you'll remember a few years back when Oklahoma went to Texas Christian and Eric Stryker was still playing outside linebacker that he lined up in this wide nine technique to rush the passer, right? So what did TCU do? They widened the splits, knowing that the rule for Eric Stryker was to line up in a nine technique off of the left tackle. And in so doing, they spread him out to the numbers. And he just, there's too much distance for you to close for you to even make a, uh, a play on the quarterback from there. So Trayvon Boykin was able to just do what he wanted to do back there because they used their rules against them. And that's what I'm saying about can you change your defense if you're Grinch? Because if you have a rule for Kenneth Murray Jr. to come flying downfield as soon as he sees a jet motion to his side or a swing pass out uh, release to his side, that ain't going to change because you no. – No. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. So, like, that's just knowing what you see and using their rules against them, which is remarkable offensive play call and what we're used to seeing Lincoln do to defenses. He knows what your rules are, and he calls plays against them to put you in a trick bag. Because, I mean, I, I, it's not that they weren't playing fast, and it wasn't that they were aggressive. It's that they were over-aggressive because that's what they were coached to do. You know, like, they would slant to one side, and I swear to you, Skylar Thompson had a call – where if you see a slant, you call a run play the other way. And they had it dialed up, man. Because the defensive line was slant left, and they would run right. And the defensive line was slant right, and they would run left. And I'm going, Grinch, you're, you're getting cooked. That, that was the thing that I thought. I, di I didn't see Neville Gallimore, Laurent Stokes, the backers, even the safeties who weren't great, but they ain't been great all year. I didn't see them get beat. I saw Alex Grinch get cooked on a sideline. And I've never seen that. Now, he's also new, right? This is only his, what, seventh, eighth game? Eighth game? Seventh game? Seven and one? Uh, yes, yeah, sir. Eighth, eighth, eighth game. Ninth, if you count the uh, good old spring game. <laughs> and I don't. Seven and one. So, <laughs> I mean, he got cooked, right? I mean, because, like, what about that was the, was the kid's problem? Because if they if they seen everything that they – of the plays that Kansas State run, ran, and they saw everything – then what what got missed in film review? Because they saw everything that everybody else runs and they played pretty well, right? They beat up on a quarterback that nobody'd seen. Like I expected Jet Duffy to be able to to do something against that uh that defense and they could do he could do nothing. Next week he lights up Oklahoma State. The next week he lights up Baylor. And that's all the dude yeah. you hadn't have any film of. So you have film of Skylar Thompson, you know what they do and you're going to tell me that they were coached to stop all this stuff? I don't know about that, man. I mean, I, I understand your sourcing is your sourcing. I'm not meaning to impugn you. I am saying that if they saw it, then Grinch had did a bad job of relaying how much of it that they'd seen. Because what I, what I saw is what you saw. Like, tell me, tell me how Alex Grinch didn't get cooked, and tell me how the kids are at fault here. I mean, they, I, there's got to be blame on both, okay. I think. Okay. I think that the coaches – allowed them to get into that mental lapse and in turn allowed the leaders to allow the team to get into, get into that mental lapse. And I think that, I think it's, it's that old trickle down effect, the domino effect when that starts, starts to happen, it, it goes all the way down to the bottom, even to the freshmen. And that's where things God, really Jay, started to unravel. Yeah, man, so. Jaden Davis picked a bad day to play like a true freshman. Yes, he? he did. Yeah. That, yes, that, that dude looked lost and I, I hadn't seen him look lost all year. I mean, even the the one play that really, really struck me was, I think it was a fourth and nine, and 
he was playing the flats cover two ish. Uh, yeah. The the safety had uh, over the top help, but then nobody crossed his face in the flats. So in that you all you continue to drop back into your coverage to allow it to be a smaller window. Correct. Well, he didn't do that. No, he stood there like a statue and let him drop it right over his head. But I also and he would have picked it off too. Did you see his eyes? Because I'm looking at his eyes, right? Oh yeah, he was looking inside. Right. So so he saw something there that gave him pause. Yep. Right. And and what was it? What was it? I I I tried watching it again. See, and that's that's, what is he looking at? That's the crappy part of the TV copy here because. I think from end zone film, we'd be able to just identify what it is he thought he saw because he got a, yeah, he got a fake right. look. I mean, because they were all chasing Ghost in the secondary. I'll give you that. <laughs> a, I'll give you so that. They were all Sam Darnolding. <laughs> no, but, I mean, that's real, though. Like, that's no, real. I, I know, but it's just a running joke now oh, because well, he said it. Because, it, cause, I mean, they're, yeah, the, the Pats are that good. Um, <laughs> their secondary is just that good. So, yeah, we, we Baker. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. A couple more points about Kansas State, then then we'll move on. I promise. Yeah. Well, do y'all fans want to really talk about K State some more? Yeah, well, they're, we they're, have to. We no, have to. N- nobody's have to. listening. No, nobody's yeah. listening. No, no, you know, no. They will. This is me and you, especially can. when we start talking recruiting, because it's going to be pretty fun when we do that. Oh, good God! So. Yeah, I got, I got, I got some intel. You got some intel, and I got some questions for you that that are just. Okay. Gonna, I'm going to do that thing where I just twist you up a little bit. It's going to be fun. I promise. Promise. No, that's fine. Okay. All right. I'm not gonna not I'm not gonna uh, to do that thing that we do sometimes. There, I have to actually cut it out of the podcast. Although I might, and then just <laughs> put, put the put the ad reel over the top of it. No, that's, hey, go for it. Okay. You are now listening to. You're right. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> what the hell? Right though. Um. All right. So, following the game, the question that most people had that was Jermaine outside of. Was it was force touching, which I hate. Was Lincoln, you're up ten to zero. You have a lead. Why aren't you handing the ball to the backs? Because I get playing from behind. We all get playing from behind, right? And they know you gotta throw it, and they're planning on you throwing it now. So you're in a bind there. You have to throw it, and they're planning on it. Or you could do some, you know, some lead draw stuff. But we don't have any lead draws in Lincoln Riley's playbook. You ever notice that? Yeah. There's not a draw play in there. No, I agree. Yeah, so like I was thinking about that the other day going, could he have could he have run the ball if he wanted to down? Yeah, you would need a you need a lead draw. You you need a play action draw or you need something where you it looks like you're going to throw and have people back off so that you can give Trey Sermon, Ramondre Stevenson, TJ Pledger, any one of those guys, Kennedy Brooks an opportunity to run with the ball. But up 10, why aren't you just handing the ball to the backs? And it's easy to say now because if you know, Hertz has the data he has, and they win by 40, 395 yeah. with 96. We're not asking that question, except when we are, because there were lots of people that I actually, I absolutely dunked on when they're like, yo, man, why didn't Trey Sermon get carries in the Texas game? I'm going, they won. Like, what are we, what are we talking about? And that works until you lose. So what do you think? I think they need to get the ball to the running backs more. I think that, look, you're asking for Jalen Hurts to get hurt. And I say that not using a pun. Uh, you literally are asking him to get injured. Um, no, I, I unmuted my headset, and I sound different now, which is a good or bad thing. I don't you, know. You sound different to yourself. You don't sound okay. different to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Um, anyway, so I guess the point being is is that um, 
Yeah, they do. They have to give the right. They have two of the best running backs in all of college football, and they used them six times. And I get, I do, I get, he says that, well, we were down. Yes, you were down in the third quarter. What about the first and second quarter when you completely neglected the running backs as well? You were up 10 to nothing. I feel like you just. And I think you just said that just a second ago. So, I mean, it's, I agree with what you're saying. Like, when you're up 10 to nothing, why not a step that just, okay, the one thing you want to do against K State always is what? Be physical and establish your physicality because if you don't, they're going to. That's what they do. Yeah. I mean, and you it, allowed them to do that when you started neglecting the run game. I think, and I think, yes, Jalen Hurts looked good. He did. He threw the ball well, but you can't win ball games doing that. And those play action passes, what are they faking to? They knew they weren't going to hand the ball off. Jalen Hurts was going to run with it. So okay, why not run fake? Like remember what they used to do with Tebow? He would like pretend like he was going to run up to the line, then he would drop back. Hold up, throw deep. Sit down. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Anyway, so all right, hold up. That's that means we gotta go break. All right. Uh, oh, okay. It's not a phone call. Yeah. Gotcha. F- finish the point after the break. Kendra just letting us know we gotta go to break. All right. Okay. Give me. Some- okay. Picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, money. You were you were making a point before we got cut off by by my homie Kendrick. Okay, yeah. So, anyways, look, they were Tebow used to run this play where they or they ran several variations of it, where he would fake like he was going to run the ball, then he would drop back to pass it, and that was their way of doing play action because they ran Tebow so much. I haven't seen OU use that all that much. They've used it a couple of times where he fakes like he's going to. Take one step and then he. It's called a pop pass. Back. Yeah, well, no, pop pass is the, the screen passes out to the right. No, no, fake. no, that's a bubble screen. A pop pass. No, is... no, 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 no. We run pop passes. In my little league, it's literally a pop pass is is a fake where the wide receiver takes a step forward and he drops back. That's the line. not a pop pass. That's a wide so receiver it's screen. A pop pass, pop screen. You it's, can Google it. It's not a. You Google it. I don't have to. I we run it. I, the guy, I, the guy that helps create and run one of the first uh, Brandon uh, air raids in, in Brandon. Oklahoma is our head coach. Brandon, it's not a pop pass. You can call it a pop pass, but it's not a pop pass. That's not what I'm talking about. The play that you're talking you about, the play you're talking about, is called a pop pass, right? Now, cool. I get in your playbook. No, I'm, calling, I'm talking about pop screens, not pop passes, bro. The, the no, no, play you're, you're talking, talking about, you're talking about, you're talking about, uh, we're talking about two different things here. Pop screens in football is a wide receiver takes a step forward and then goes back. Pop pass, I know what you're talking about, is the quarterback going forward. Yes, I know, I know what you, we're, we, you were, we were confused on two different things. You here. called, you were saying it was the Tim Tebow play, and I said it's called a pop pass. You said, no, it's not. 
Oh, I went pop screen whenever I said that. That's why I said pop screen is the wide receiver. Anyway, that, that's we're we're deetering away from. It is, it is called a pop pass. Pop screen is the wide receiver takes a step forward and steps back, and the fullback and everybody the H back goes out and. Blocks so the play the, run by Tim Tebow is a yes, pop, pop pass. pass. Yes, and but they but they would go deep on it. They would do all kinds of things. OU doesn't run that, and they should with with Jalen Hurts, considering they run him. Like twenty times a game, they should. It's illegal. The it's reason that it works on the goal line is because the lineman can't get downfield. The reason that people don't run it more often in the open field is because it should get called for linemen illegally moving downfield. No, it's, no, I'm not. I'm not saying he. I'm just calling like play action, dude. Like he acts like he takes a step forward and drops back. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, are you saying that he should jab step? Because yes. you, do you expect him to take off and run? No, I'm just saying jab step, like take a couple steps forward and drop back like you're running. I think that and that's then, all. I mean, you could just tell Jalen to do that from time to time. You don't actually have to work he that should. in the playbook. And that's what I'm saying. He but should. I, I also think this gets back to what your boy can handle and what your boy can't handle. Mm, that, that could be fair. I I'm don't not, know. Not I don't like, know what I'm, he can and can't handle. Well, I'm saying but, this. I mean, like, if you watch him, right, you'll see him go through the progressions that are routes that are going vertically right stuff that's yeah. coming across his face and and stuff that is going down the field stuff that is a lateral movement to him is him looking at Trey Sermon on uh flaring out and going no nah, I can run that so when you talk about you got to call plays for him I also think you got to just remove the option for him to run right yeah. and you can't do that if you're calling pass plays for this dude because He's going to stand back there. He's going to try to find people that are open. He's not going to look for one and go, but he's going to go one, two, three and probably go, or one, two, three, four, back to one and go. He's not going to look at five or four in most instances, which is the back. He's just going to be like, cool, Trey Sermon, uh, taking the linebacker with him. Cool, I'm going to dart right here. And it works, right? The problem is what you said, which is, you risk getting him hurt. You and I don't necessarily think that's on Riley is my point. I think that's a lot on Hurts because that's a play yeah, where Kyler would throw the flare and Baker would throw the flare and Jalen's going to take off. No, that could be it. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, it's a it's a weird deal um, as far as things. They, they have other things they can do, and I know they don't do everything and they haven't shown every play in their playbook. I get that. Um, and just because schematically sometimes they can't do certain plays against certain defensive schemes and all that, but um, there's got to be other things that I know. Well, we know with Riley, there's always going to be one or two plays we haven't seen all year, and he's going to throw them out there against Iowa State. We know that's going to happen now after the bye week. They're going to do something. People are getting mad about these trick plays. I guarantee you, I'm there's going to be mad a trick about play. These trick plays. <laughs> But he's gonna run at least one every every, every game. game. Yep. But you know the thing is, he does it because the kids like it. and It's fun for him. I mean, mm, it is. All right, cool. Um, I get that, but that's also what Coach Yost said to Coach Boone. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, know? you have some fun, and boys gonna quit on you. No, no, they're not. But also, I think that when it works, it's fun. When you're punting from your own forty-six on fourth down. Or when you had third and goal, then no, it's not a good look. And when you lose five no, yards on not. the play because you got C.D. Lamb back back there, 
uh, trying to run this play. No, it's not a good look. And we got Nick Basquin throwing a dart across his body that bounces off of Charleston Rambo's hands. It's not a good look. You're going, y'all, man, just just hand the ball to, to the back. Or you know what? Stop getting cute and just throw the ball to CD. You know? Like, what, what you doing out here? Because yeah. these are feast or famine plays, right? Because people are it's, – it's like the NFL draft in that – Everybody's going to let you slide if you draft a quarterback high. If you draft a guard, if you draft a defensive tackle, if you draft a corner, if you use your pick on anything other than a quarterback, if the need is quarterback and it doesn't work, people are going to eviscerate you. Whereas if you draft a quarterback, people are like, okay, cool, bust. We'll move on to the next one. And that's what these trick plays are like. It's like drafting an offensive lineman number one overall. It just ain't going to work with people. You know, because if that dude ends up being great, cool, he ends up being great. He ends up being Joe Thomas. How many people just absolutely are on board with drafting a left tackle at number one? Not a whole lot if the, if the need is quarterback. So I'm just saying, like, the risk-reward on this is stuff that you can only do if you're 31-5 and five as a head coach. I mean, <laughs> that's true. You know, and I was looking at it's like, so did you see the tweet last night that I, I put up about uh, Austin Kendall where he's won – you talk about Brandon. I'll read your away. Twitter, huh? You talk about it. I'll read your Twitter. That's fine. Uh, so I put up. He's one loss away from uh, his total amount of losses that he had at Oklahoma in three years, in his first eight games at West Virginia. He's on a bad team. I know, but that's just so why did weird. you do I, that my, to my Austin? Point, the point of the tweet was Oklahoma fans, and I put it at the end. I said, "You have it very, very good." Like when you. When you actually sit there and think about that, think about the rest of the nation. And outside of an Ohio State, outside of a Clemson and an Alabama, Oklahoma is the only team that you can sit there and say, my God, they never lose. Like, yeah, they, yeah they do. Well, they do, except for K-State, obviously. No, 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 and except for every college football playoff they've ever been in. That's fair. Uh, no, I mean, like, cool. Like, I'm, I'm, like I, I did this on the, you know, I, I do this, this, you know, I think of these things and I think, these takes through and whatnot, but like Oklahoma and Georgia are the same. They're the same. But they're not. But okay. Do you want to hear why they're the same before you tell me they're not? I do. I'm, I'm interested on this take, so I'm, I'm, I'm waiting and listening. It's been 30 so, years so since Georgia won a national championship. It's been 20 uh-huh. since Oklahoma's won a national championship. Both have been whoa, picked whoa, to win whoa, national whoa, championships. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It has been... 18 years. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's been... I'm being sarcastic. Finish your your steal. Don't have me cussing on this podcast. (laughs) Both have quarterbacks that are expected to play in the NFL, period. Both are expected to be there at the end and win national championships, depending on who you want to talk to. Both lay an egg during the season to somebody. Maybe they're ranked. Maybe they're not. And both end up getting beat like you stole something by Bama at some point or another. When Kirby Smart wins the Nash Championship, that'll change. When Lincoln Riley wins the Nash Championship, that'll change. But we had this stat floating around about these all-time coaches and what their first three years are like that neglects to take into account that most of these coaches took over crappy programs. They essentially were turning Honda Civics or Geo Metros into world beaters. And Lincoln Riley took over Ferrari. So he didn't have to build diddly squat. All right, he walked into a situation with a Heisman-winning quarterback, an outstanding offense that, yes, he helped build, but now he's responsible for in a very real way. 
I'm not ready. And, and the, the thing about Georgia is there were lots of people that picked them to come out of the SEC, especially when Dylan Moses went down. You know, it's like, cool, Georgia, this is your year. Oh, okay, you get jacked for your hedges by South Carolina. Team might finish 5-7, and seven, right? And you get jacked at, uh, at, in Manhattan by a bunch of farmers with pitchforks in Manhattan as Oklahoma. You drop one, you're not supposed to drop one, two, right? And Riley had this bit that he was given by Bob Stoops, which is every loss at Oklahoma is shocking. Same thing is true at Georgia. You know how long Mark Rick could never win a game that actually mattered but would finish with 9 and 10 wins every year? You know how bad Georgia fans were getting the SEC oh championship? Oh, God, yes. It was, they were insufferable. Right. I mean, and to a, to a degree, they're Texas now. In, in 2000, in the, uh, in the early aughts, right, that Mark Rick Georgia is Texas now. They're not awful. They're good. They're just not great. And they happen to be playing in a conference that against people that are. So, like, no, Oklahoma and Georgia deserve each other. It's one of the reasons I can't wait for this 2023 matchup because it's going to be cool. It's like, cool, y'all still probably both going to be really good. And it's probably going to be an outstanding football game. But you're – Neither one of you has won an Astro Championship in the last, in this millennia. And you know what? It ain't looking like either one of them you going to win one now. That's the take. Uh, yeah, right now they didn't look like either one of them are going to get in. I think Georgia has is a bigger long shot than Oklahoma, obviously. I think um, if they I beat Florida, the they beat Florida, they're back in the hunt. That No, they, they are in the hunt. But unfortunately for them, they have to play... Alabama or LSU. In yeah, the, and if they beat them, guess what? They're in. Okay. Yeah, but then guess what? Did you see the the the, the winning percentage of Alabama's opponents? Uh, Joel Klatt put it up today. Thirty six. Nah, man, I don't really, I don't really mess with Joel Klatt. He won't return my phone calls. <laughs> well, thirty six percent. They have the worst win percentage out of any top ten team. Yeah, well, I, I don't really... That is going to hurt them if no, they lose. It doesn't I, matter if they lose by three. It doesn't matter if they lose by four. I think they this lose is to LSU, garbage, though. It's a garbage stat. I'll tell you why. Who you play isn't up to you to a large degree, and it's really not up to you who you play when they're good or not. You think Texas A&M wanted the toughest schedule in college football? No. Neither did South Carolina. You know, I mean, it's, we're talking about Texas A&M being able to boast the toughest schedule in college football with Lamar on it. You know, like, they happened to play a Bama team that was good. They happened to play an Auburn team that most people thought was good. They're going, they played a Clemson team that happened to be good. When they scheduled that game, Clemson wasn't no good. You didn't know Clemson was going to be this. You thought it was going to be little old Clemson. Same Clemson everybody else beats on. You know, you thought you were scheduling freaking lower Kansas. So, like, I, I get that people are going to make the argument that their schedule is soft, but I can make that argument all over depending on how I want to make it flex, and that's why I hate that we have to talk about it in this way. Yeah, like, we got to talk about they, what a bunch of suits— it. They use it as part of the deal for the, for the playoffs. Which is so you have BS! To talk about it. I hate this, man. Yeah, but it's part of it. Unfortunately, it's part. I agree, but it's part of the deal. So we have to unfortunately talk about it. Well, I and think one I, of the deals that could cost Alabama I would, is their schedule is not very good. I would Oklahoma say, has the toughest remaining schedule out of anybody in the top ten. Oh, what? No, that is true. No, it is one hundred percent fact. According to whose metrics? I can't remember. It was the strength of schedule metrics. Whose strength of schedule metrics? I don't remember who put it out. I just remember seeing it. ESPN even put, tweeted it out at one point. This is like a week or two ago. KB, 
Um, Remember, yeah. they do. They have Alabama. They got. They had. Well, at the time, they had Kansas State. They had Alabama. Not Alabama. They had. Uh, sorry, Baylor. They have um, TCU. They have Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, which could be an eight or nine and, win and team then, by and, the end of the year. Well, not if not if Tyler Wallace, Wallace is hurt. hurt. Matter of fact, said, if, let's, if let's, he's hurt, no. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's talk about that after the break. All right, so you're on this rant about strength schedule and Oklahoma having the toughest strength schedule of anybody left in the top 10. And I'm just going off of just overall because you have to remember that LSU, Alabama, they have those uh, FCS schools that they play somewhere. I think you mean like Oklahoma? Well, I'm, I'm, they play at the end of the year, though. That's what's hurting them. Does, does be- <sighs> That's what I'm talking about. The end, I'm talking about the remaining schedule. Not no, I, I, I know that, but that was me digging at everybody who, who schedules an FCS program, let alone a, a bad uh-huh. FCS program. Well, your App State, they got beat last night, which shocked the crap out of me. Yeah, I did. Well, I if I if if I'm paying attention and I and I do the revisions history, I could have called this not because of scheme or anything. Georgia Southern hates App State, and App State hates Georgia Southern. So yeah, I didn't and know and Georgia that, Southern's yeah. playing with a with the memory of a of a lost player too. They got they got something more powerful going on with them. I, I don't yeah. know if you heard this, but they. Uh, Player took his own life. Uh, yeah, Georgia Southern. So they got they and and they came out in the Pennywises. Did you see those? No. Oh no, nah, man! Like they they even. I'm have to go look. I yeah, hate they clowns. Came, they so. came, they, they came. They said, Nah, uh, uh-uh. uh. We want every bit of the Mountaineers. We want your man Yosef. We we well, yeah. Bring the noise. So they I did good. No. Go ahead. No, they did good. I, I was just gonna finish off on the. Uh... The, the rant about the, the remaining schedule. Because if you actually look at what Oklahoma has, say Baylor beats TCU, so they're undefeated. They're probably going to be ranked 7, 6, 7, 8 at that point in time, um, being undefeated. Depending on, what, depending on what Penn State does and depending on how people Correct. feel about Georgia or Florida. Correct. Um, but if Florida loses, they're going to get dropped behind everybody. Same with Georgia. I mean, you can't put a two loss ahead of one loss undefeated. Teams I, that they not disjuncture in the SMU. Uh, well, I'm talking Minnesota. about Minnesota. Talking about P fives. Yeah, no, I, no Minnesota. Minnesota's about to after this bye week. They're about to actually play somebody. So we'll see how good they really are. God, everybody from here just on out. shading the Gophers, man. You you agreed with me not two weeks ago that they were the worst undefeated team. And then Georgia Southern beat Appalachia State, and Minnesota beat Georgia Southern earlier in the year. Okay. So I'm just using your whole strength of schedule and common opponent thing against you. I'm not, but I'm not using common opponent. I well, they will because that's opponent. something else that the committee takes into account. In they their- do. They do. And that that right there, speaking of, is say Oklahoma wins out and they, they win the uh, Big 12, 
That common opponent, Texas, is a wash because they're garbage right now. That that win that Texas, that LSU was, you know, staking their claim about to, to start the season, they went to Austin and they beat Texas. That win right there looks downright blah at this point. Uh, now, their wins against Auburn, that could look like blah if Auburn continues is it, is to lose. It, is it as blah as beating an FCS opponent? No. Okay, that's what I wanted to say. But okay. they, they still have FCS so, or whatever. They have like Louisiana Lafayette. I don't know. Somebody really easy scheduled here soon, or they just played them one way or the other here in the last week or two. Um, I think they just played it. Whoever they played last was, or a week or two, was their B. Uh, the easy B. Boat. The well, last remaining easy one on their schedule. Do we we really got to spend more time talking about non-power five football right now? No, but we're not talking about. It. I'm talking about if Oklahoma wins out. I was trying to get to the point. Okay, wrap uh, the the playoffs is where I was getting at. Was that the playoffs? Um, Oklahoma's remaining schedule actually works in favor for them to end the season as long as it plays out and it's chalk the way that everybody thinks it's going to be. But that's true for everybody that's got... <sighs> but it's really not. But it's really not. B, Alabama, LSU, one of those goes undefeated to the SEC championship game they're getting in. All right? They they, they do. But if, if one Florida loss, or Georgia beats one of those two teams, they're But they're not going to go on... They play each other on... They play each other next Saturday. Yes, so I, I know that. But, but what I'm telling you is... What I'm telling you is... You're going to end up with two SEC teams in this thing. Because there's a really good chance of that, I agree. So, but I'm it, also saying that you can't throw Oklahoma out of this. I get, yeah, yeah, yes, hell, you can. You just wrote a story that you couldn't. Yeah, I said anything is possible. It's not what I wrote. I said anything is possible, including Oklahoma getting in. I said anything's possible. And that's basically all I'm saying. We're talking, right? That is all I'm saying. I'm not saying like they're going to get in. I'm saying you can't write it, write them off because of their remaining schedule. You can't. If they go down to Waco, who's to say how that's going to be viewed with the committee to beat a top 10 Waco team on the road? That's a good win. You're not going to, you're not going to respond to that? I think that the month of November leaves a lot left to talk about which was the whole point that i wrote the story about the point was i like did you read the top of the story i read the whole thing man. okay so I what was, was the t- so the top of this is a really good piece so the top of the story is me outlining how frigging kansas wins the big 12 championship mm-hmm. is that gonna happen b no okay that's the point right the point is anything can happen but anything doesn't you know that was that's what I'm getting at. So that that's why I was bringing it, like you brought the, my story to me, like it's me talking about no Oklahoma's definitely going to get in. And I get that that's no, a reading I, that no, people. I never said that. I'm just saying that you think anything's possible. No, that's basically I, all I'm saying. I yes, I think that Jesus could come back tomorrow. So so what? Well, I think the odds are better that OU goes to the playoffs. But yes, <laughs> Brandon said that, not me. No, no, I'm just saying. I'm, no, I'm very faith driven. I'm just saying the odds are in the favor of OU goes to the playoffs then him come back tomorrow. You don't, don't, all right, I'm going to I'm going to stop the kayfabe for a second. Stop <laughs> stop taking that bait. Stop stop doing that. Okay. Stop stop don't, d- j- just say I can't see your face. 
say, RJ, are you being serious right now? Okay. Because <laughs> no, I don't. Because like, there's there's a there's room in there for me to keep needling you about that, and I don't want to. So go for it. Rather, no, not go for it because I will, and people hate that. Okay, you do what you got. I, my, I guess my point is, is that as you pointed out, anything's possible in November. We've we've written Oklahoma off the last two seasons. They're not getting in after they lost to Iowa State. They're not getting in after the way they played against Texas and the way they lost. And then there they are. They're in the playoffs. How are you doing for time, bro? I've got about ten minutes. All right, cool. Um, let's go recruiting. Hold on, let me. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Let me stop. Let me let me get us a break, and then we'll go to recruiting. All right, B, let her rip. What do you got? Well, it's a, a huge, huge, huge week for Oklahoma recruiting. On the back end of the K-State loss, Oklahoma is on a bye week, so they're out seeing the world, basically. Um, they were out seeing... Uh, Joshua Eaton, uh, Alfred Collins, which are the two of the three top remaining targets for the University of Oklahoma in the 2020 class on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, they were uh, they didn't go up and see Dante Manning. They've been up there a couple of other times, so I think that is um, uh, they they can only go up so many times, from my understanding, is how the rules work there. But so they've been up there and obviously I went and saw Dante Manning last week again for the second time in a month. And he named OU this his number one team again. And yes, the AM fans uh blast me, called me a homer because I said they were number one. I just reported what he told me. So I mean I can't really any and here's my other take on that is why 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 can't they believe that when he's telling a Georgia newspaper the uh atlanta uh journal constitution uh if he's telling what is what is what does he have to gain from telling them that OU's his leader like what does he have to gain i get telling me he has something to gain telling me that but he has nothing to gain when he tells somebody else that's neutral a neutral party in that basically in really not even neutral party uh, a party uh, covering the school that he is going to take an official visit to in georgia later on the season so, I mean, I, I found that interesting. Um, anyways, um, so they're out recruiting, taking a lot. I'm uh, Colin was down seeing uh, DJ Graham last night. He'll have something on the board this weekend on that. Then he's down tonight seeing uh, 2021 DeSoto uh, defense alignment, uh, Shamar Turner. Uh, he's got an Oklahoma offer. He's visited Oklahoma a couple times, so he's going to have more on him on the board. And then I'm going up to Booker T to hopefully talk to – one five star combo guard Bryce Thompson. Two, I'm going to talk to uh, uh, 2022 OU offer Gentry Williams. And if you're on our board, you know that Oklahoma is back recruiting Christian Brown, three star 2020 linebacker from Booker T. 
Alex Grinch, Brian Odom will be up there tonight watching them. Um, they were all over. I mean, they're going down to see Mario Williams. They're at uh, Prince Avenue in Georgia, Christian School in Georgia, seeing five-star uh, Brock Vandergriff. All this. We have so much on our board right now as far as where Oklahoma at, like, or has been in the past day or two. So um, we've got tabs on everything, where they're at, where they're going. Um, and we've got tab. We tell you exactly where Oklahoma stands on all these guys, too. So there's so much on our board right now. Uh, they saw Bill Beatonbow, uh and uh, Lincoln Riley uh, stop by to see Bryce Foster. Uh, Lincoln Riley, Bill Beatonbow stopped by to see Cole Montgomery, Donovan Jackson today. Um, they, Lincoln Riley stopped by to see Cody Jackson. Uh, like I said earlier, Joshua Eaton. Um, Edron Cooper is getting seen today. Uh, they're everywhere. The OU staff is everywhere. It's amazing how they do it. I mean, obviously they have a private plane, but it's crazy how many schools they hit up in so many different states in like two or three days. It is remarkable, but they do such a fantastic job recruiting. And Oklahoma is making a surge on the defensive side of the ball. They could close out the 2020 class and literally be a top eight uh, class. They're top ten right now, and they have like five or six, four to four to six spots left. I'll leave it at that. And if they close out with who they're in on, they could potentially be a top six, seven, eight class once again. And that's how you win a national title. You continually add that talent. And especially on the defensive side of the ball, you and I talked about this, what was it, last week. This could be the best defensive class since, what, 2017? On paper? Uh, I, I just... The reason I'm not saying yes right away is because I still want to see what, what Hicks does and what Robertson does um, and how Strickland no, that's develops. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. And Cradell. I'm just saying on paper. Stars. No, on, on paper, like last year, that was that was elite, dog. Like last no, year. No, it was. It was very good. It was yeah, very good. like, I mean, with, with Davis and and uh, Cradell and Morris, being able to just add guys like uh, DeArmond and Stripling and Stokes late, I mean, that's good. I mean, the only dud in there is Jonathan Perkins so far. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, I, let me let's let's revisit this in December, right? Let's let's do yeah, that. Let's do that because Alfred Collins is a Texas lean, but each day that this passes and he gets further away from his official to Texas, Oklahoma's making a surge. Well, and all every, everything's going me, on in let Texas. Me, let me let me let me get some questions in here to you, right? Okay, because I understand you can just you can just go. But two things. One is. Princely Eumenillion, is it real? His interest is. Okay. Oklahoma has interest in him, but they're not pushing for it because obviously they have Alfred Collins ahead of him. Uh, they like Reggie Grimes. Um, they like uh, DeAndre Butler, the Juco out of Hutchinson. Uh, he's a – or is it independent? I, wanted, I can't remember. It's Kansas. I just went blank on which one he's at. Um, but I do know that he's probably going to visit in the spring. He's going to sign – uh, and get to he's graduating in May, so he'll make a decision later, and that's kind of where Oklahoma wants him to do is they want to wait off, see who's going to leave, and see how their numbers are. But I think they end up taking DeAndre Butler if if they can in fact get him to commit and sign. So the next one was uh, I feel like I know your answer here, but so Shane Beamer tweets a picture of his first stop in Georgia. He sees a Boomer license plate, and I'm like, oh yeah, we know where you are. 
Like, there's only one place you could be, Shane. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, but ironically, he wasn't at Prince Avenue. That, but he was in Georgia, which I thought was crazy. Um, he's at he was at Prince Avenue to this morning, I think. Um, I'll have to go back and look. I'm actually gonna have Greg Vandergriff on my radio show today, so Good call. I'll know it. Good call. Uh, ex- exclusively where he's gonna be, so or when he showed up. But I know he yeah he could have been there yesterday afternoon. Uh, but uh, Greg texted me and said, "Hey, Beamer's coming by," but he didn't specifically say when. Okay. So. Um, he could have been there. It could have been a different school. I know there was pictures posted today from uh, Prince Avenue, so it could have been taken yesterday. But yeah, Beamer was down there seeing um, uh, Brock Vandergriff yesterday. Uh, he was him along with Drew Hill, who is also from Georgia, the players, uh, the director, player personnel, player personnel director, yeah. yeah, director of play personnel at Oklahoma is a was a those two were very key in landing. Uh, Vandegrift because of their long-standing relationship with the family. All right. Uh, do the OU Insider plug. Okay. Um, yeah, so if you aren't a member, uh, you should sign up. Uh, we got so much going on as far as RJ's putting up stuff, Colin's putting up stuff, Joey's putting up stuff, I'm putting up stuff. We probably have four or five posts a day, team, recruiting notes, all that stuff each and every day. Uh, plus, if you're a VIP member, and say you're a cord cutter, well, guess what? We give you CBS All Access, which you can get every show you can stream on demand. You can watch all the sports live. That means you can watch NFL. You can watch college football, what have you. If it's on CBS, you can watch it live on your tablet, on your TV, whether you have a Fire Stick, Roku, anything. Uh, all comes with a package with our nine ninety five a month uh, VIP membership. Uh, so we've got a lot going on. Um, at OUinsider.com, and that's it. Join us. Very cool. Uh, happy hunting this weekend. Brandon, I'll probably see you at, at uh, some TPS locations, a few others. That's going to do are it for – Are you going out to uh, – I'm going to be at Booker T tonight. Are you going to go up? Yeah. Uh, I just don't like to say when and where I'm going publicly. I mean, we can talk about it off air because okay. I, I get found real quick. That's going to do it with uh, for us. Uh, that's Brandon Dunham. I'm RJ Young. Follow him on the Twitters at BrandonDrum247. Follow me at RJ underscore Young. Follow the OU Insider account at OU247. Uh, we'll see y'all in a couple of days. Bye. All right. See ya. Deuces. All right, bro. Go to work. All right, man. See ya. Yep.